So um, we are back with part two of, um, of this episode, um, and we'll be focusing more on African religions uh, and spirituality. So more on voodoo, udu, uh, Santeria, Ifa, Orisha. Um, I, I am not, I don't know much on this topic, so I'm mostly going to be listening to um, a lot of the things that um, K2 and um um, K2 and Lillian have to say, but I'll also be asking questions as well. But yeah, I really, um, I'm really excited for this part. Um, so uh, I guess we'll get started. Um, whoever wants to go first. <laughs> uh, okay, you know what? I think I'll just start. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just start by saying I am not initiated into any of these belief mm-hmm. systems. This is mostly just on what I've researched, what I have read, what I know. Yeah. Um, most of this, what, most of what I do know is from actually following um, practitioners of voodoo, hoodoo, santeria, or ifa. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many accounts lately that you can find everywhere from Twitter to Instagram, and they do offer free knowledge, but they are also um, pretty open about certain aspects of the religions that they do not share. Um, so mm-hmm. there are particular aspects about this that we do need to understand. Yeah. Um, and I'll try to explain why that is and why mm-hmm. we need to respect some of those rituals because colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how actually we are, we are going to talk about appropriation of these belief systems because it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so as a starter, um, voodoo, hoodoo, santeria, ifa, or what is just commonly known as like the Orisha Pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, they are African religions or African traditional uh, religions and spiritual systems. Most of them are actually animistic, mm-hmm. which means there's a central belief that everything from nature to animals to humans, as well as the, you know, the world of spirits um, are all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, animism is a very common belief system among indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a common emphasis on, you know, uh, living in harmony with um, every other creation, which is why you'll constantly see, for example, indigenous communities being very particular about their relationship to land, yeah. for instance, you know, because it's like the land nourishes us, we nourish it, it gives us um, our home, mm-hmm. our purpose, our family, it makes us build our cultures and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because of this connection or this um, this interconnectedness between the different beings um, that African religions especially cannot be practiced by people who don't have an African ancestor or who mm-hmm. do not have a particular <clears throat> connection to to the religion. So like in the same way that Kato and I were talking about our ancestors, for instance, mm-hmm. it would be weird for me to have, you know, let's say, to put up an offering for K2's ancestor, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I would actually have to be somehow invited into that family. Yeah. And that's a whole ritual. That's a whole process. It's like, you know, you have to be welcomed into that family. You have to be, con- you have to be welcomed into um, that particular world. Um, there's some nuances about praising ancestors who don't necessarily belong to your, like, familial to your family like background but that's a whole different practice in and of itself but typically they are black so for example people who are considered ancestors mm-hmm. in many different people like Martin Luther King uh, Malcolm X for instance mm-hmm. they're often hailed as ancestors of the black American diaspora right mm-hmm. 
Um, but another key thing about African religions is they're they're not monotheist, which means like they don't have just one uh, single Almighty God, yeah. and that's because there's also this huge emphasis on duality. So you often find that in cultures and societies that believe in interconnectedness of of things, you also find that their gods also take both like a good side and a bad side. They're often genderless. Mm -hmm. So meaning that sometimes, uh, so like, for example, the creator God in Orisha Mm -hmm. isn't described as having any gender. But in... um, in the Dahomey belief system, the the sun and the moon is actually a I don't know what the right term here is, but essentially it's like they're both male and female. Mm. So you shouldn't see them as separate. Mm-hmm. It's just that depending on the side that you're looking at them, so night and day, one is female, one is male, but they're the same entity, so to speak. Yeah. Um, even when it comes to certain Orisha gods, right? The values that they have. Oshur is the goddess of love and beauty and sensuality, but she's also known for being spiteful, jealous, vain, and narcissistic. Um, and, and so even when you look at, for example, voodoo in Haiti, or hoodoo, as it's called in like Louisiana and New Orleans, most of them have a unique uh, identity different from the religions that they hail from in West Africa because, you know, the transatlantic slave trade uh, impacted how the knowledge could be passed down to their offspring, Mm -hmm. right? And you can imagine due to um, so many forms of violence that came with chattel slavery, they had to protect their belief system somehow, right? Um, And so this often resulted in them interacting with indigenous belief systems, Indigenous people were also trying to preserve their beliefs, right? So that's why you have smudging coming in as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, smudging does happen in voodoo and hoodoo as yeah. well, but it differs slightly depending on the community. Um, and also you find that some of the some of the gods, some of the uh, patrons, they also have like a Christian equivalent or like mm-hmm. a saint equivalent in Christianity, right? Um, because... They, they were forced to practice Christianity, but in order to still practice their traditional system, their traditional religions, they had to kind of find like a way to do so without being persecuted. So it was kind of like a disguise? Uh, in some ways, but I think over, like if you, to look at it more accurately, you can see it as first, it starts off as a disguise and over mm-hmm. time, it becomes so common mm-hmm. that it, it becomes its own yeah, okay. new thing, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, because it's so far removed mm-hmm. from um, the continental, like from the quote-unquote origins, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, for example, when you look at Carnival in the Caribbean mm-hmm. um, and in South America, it actually incorporates um, yeah. Lent in Christianity, mm-hmm. and it also incorporates the African uh, tradition of, like, you know, especially if it's celebrating, like, funerals and new beginnings, people would walk into the streets and celebrate um, sometimes people would wear masks. So in West Africa, it's still practiced people wearing masquerades yeah. uh-huh. to invoke spirits and ancestors, right? That's why you have in Carnival, you often have these huge parades, people dressing up or, you know, have, wearing masks and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and also the indigenous, it's also, I can't remember which particular indigenous practice, but um, 
the dancing, the mm-hmm. ceremony as an invocation of um, particular like spirits mm-hmm. of nature. I believe like there's there's so many different dances and forms in uh, indigenous mm-hmm. dancing that kind of are meant to remind someone of the beauty mm-hmm. of nature, so to speak. Even New Orleans jazz funerals, they mimic a lot of African funerals and how they're still practiced yeah. today. You know, you have the whole procession. Even in my culture, um, Amlu, and a lot of our funerals are a lot like parties. There's so much mm-hmm. music. People slot up souls yeah. and all of that. Um, and New Orleans jazz funerals, it's pretty similar. Yeah. People do a pub, mm-hmm. people do like a public parade, yeah. these drums. Mm-hmm. And it's, you'd think people are having a party on the street. You wouldn't guess someone died. Someone yeah. died, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, again, there's this huge emphasis on land and the mm-hmm. ancestors, right? Um, because voodoo in New Orleans is so distinctly different from voodoo in Haiti. And voodoo mm-hmm. in Haiti is also very different from voodoo in West mm-hmm. Africa, all of which yeah. are still practiced today. Santeria is also essentially like the Cuban equivalent Santeria is mostly practiced in Brazil mm-hmm. and Cuba, but mm-hmm. it's essentially like the, it's there, it's the new world equivalent of, mm-hmm. of Ifa. And even some of the prayers are in Yoruba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thing. But it's, yeah, but the, but the, some of the prayers just differ slightly because of the Spanish and the indigenous influence mm-hmm. in them. Um, yeah. And so one thing that I truly love and I'm so deeply protective about with African diasporic religions is that if you are white, yeah. do not practice this. Uh-huh. If uh-huh. you are, if people you don't, don't know what they they're practicing, they're calling on things that are not for them. <laughs> Fire burning because, because why? <laughs> I'm my ancestors. It's like, personally, I just think like it's a very dangerous very. game to play. Like you do not want <laughs> to play with spirits, because. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you don't play with powers you do not understand. And I think part of the reason why we're seeing this happen a lot, especially in this age, is because mm-hmm. of social media, is with the rise of cultural appropriation, that is its yeah. own debate, right? But, like, spiritual appropriation happens to where you find, like, mm-hmm. to be hipster or to appear, I don't know, mm-hmm. retro and... <sighs> it's like this new... What, what's the word I can do? But it's also use... not new, though. I wouldn't Kate say... Uses... It's... Shut. I wouldn't say huh? it's new, though, is it? Sorry? I don't know if I would say it's new, because I think appropriation has mm-hmm. existed for as long as colonialism mm-hmm. has existed. Um, That's true. And, like, the rebranding of Indigenous knowledge con- constantly has just always been done in history. Um, I just think with, like... Um, social media and globalization, all these things, it's just... Um, it's, as a person of color or somebody who has a knowledge of that ancestry that is personal and not necessarily just yeah. like learned on mm-hmm. different things. I feel like it's just harder for us to not have that input because I think people are always appropriating things and smudging, but it's really hard for like, it was difficult for the white girls in the sixties who were doing that to publicize mm-hmm. it versus the girls who wish they were born yeah. in the sixties and are smudging in their apartments and reading tarot and doing all sorts of things that they have no business doing. Because for um, me, that the one thing that confuses me is like, okay, so like, 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 which ancestor are you calling to? Because so, because like, exactly. how does that work? So, like, does like, do you get? 
Exactly. And also remember, land is equally important, uh-huh. right? Because it's like, how are you, a descendant of colonizers, Violence. thinking that you can do smudging, you take an indigenous plant known for a very specific indigenous practice on their stolen land and think that you're yeah. somehow going to get blessings. But- violence. <laughs> I don't know how people choose violence. Um, but I think, Lillian, because as you were speaking, I was also thinking about a couple different practices um, in Southern Africa. I think um, in some ways I'm very glad that West Africa is the region that it is because it, it just didn't in mass of people and in historical significance. Um, I think the diaspora is informed so much by um, West Africa um, and parts of East Africa, um, definitely Congo, Brazzaville and um, modern day Angola, um, as well as modern day um, um, DRC. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in Southern Africa, um, because we happen to have very great climate for colonizers, (laughs) <laughs> less of us were exported we were just used as internal slave labor mm-hmm. um, that the practices are less like less appropriated mm-hmm. in the west um, because we didn't have to preserve our knowledge through a whole slave trade system and displacement mm-hmm. and process of violence that has caused really irreversible damage to multiple generations mm-hmm. um of black folks across like across mm-hmm. the world um but for some of us that that preservation process um was hard because of apartheid and different systems um depending on where you are but um it was pretty insulated in some areas um but then you can also see how just like indigenous practices all kind of not all, but it can be so similar because even when you were talking about the dances, I was thinking about mm. in South Africa, we have that. You can't just dance whichever way. Like there's a specific way to dance when you're conjuring a certain kind of spirit. Mm. There's water spirits that need to be called in a certain kind of way. Um, mm. And like to understand that these spirits have life and, and that these ancestral lifelines really are what keep us connected to where we are and where we come from. Mm-hmm. Um I think is really wonderful. And I think for some of us, where we are and where we come from happens to be very close, mm-hmm. right? Like for me, it was like where I am and where I'm from when I'm sitting mm-hmm. in my house <clears throat> in South Africa is like, yeah, I'm pretty close. Cause even if I'm not from mm-hmm. Southern Africa eight generations ago, um, because of Bantu expansion, I'm still from Africa. Like I can trace my people back, um, to the Madinke mm-hmm. people, you know, so it's like I think a couple of us can be like we because of Bantu expansion, we can say we came from Senegambia region or we came from the Niger region or Mali. That like um, and there's a couple of different processes to do that. Um, but then I think like I look at some of the and I read. This is why reading Canadian Indigenous authors has brought me kind of a mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. knowledge, um, and also mm-hmm. a lot of peace because I think there's an understanding of connection to land and a preservation of culture that doesn't just feel like survival, but it is essential to life in a way that it's just like, just like how, I don't know, like it's so intrinsic. Do you know what I mean? Like as much as it's written out of a place of resistance because of the circumstances of colonialism, it's also written 
from a place of pure joy, from a place of um, like it's coming because it has always been there. Um, so as much as we are writing it because white folks have tried to erase it, um, I think kind of cultural practices like um, Orisha, even Ogutasa or anything um, like that or Femba in South Africa, it's like, it's more than resistance. And I love resistance. I think resistance is amazing, but I think it's resistance is also a way mm. um, white people, um, you're so, oh my gosh, you're so resistant. Um, your resilience. Um, yeah. Whereas sometimes yeah. it's, it's, yes, my resilience, but also this is joy. Like you yeah. don't understand that my ancestors were so knowledgeable yeah. and so yeah. powerful that there are medicines and prayers and dances and songs also and i think also like just the fact that are the fact that i'm and connecting like like what i don't like what practices are connecting people to some of these like some of these realms that like i can really dead ass right now right now here as i am go to my great aunt say let's sit down we take the bones and we can connect exactly. to different spirits <laughs> in the ancestral realm like girl <laughs> Like, you can't do this. As much as you can appropriate and burn sage to do nothing, just waste an essential, like, an essential part of somebody else's life and mm-hmm. what could be used um, for really, for healing for someone else, yeah. you're just wasting it. Um, that's the mm-hmm. gag of it all, really. And it's like the simple, the simple fact that you are, um, that you're standing and you're still just, <laughs> you know, you're still, um, I guess, fighting you know, whatever, whatever the things that, you know, life throws at you, I think is a, is already enough proof that, you know, you come from, um, that you come from powerful people because like black people should have, <laughs> some of the things that we've experienced, we should have been broken. We, we should have been broken like a long time. We know we come from powerful people because we should have been broken. Yeah, mm. we should have been broken. <laughs> I mean, it speaks to itself that these practices have been able to survive well, 500 years that's half a millennium like, like, yeah trying, oh, people trying to beat it out of us trying to make mm-hmm. us forget it teaching us new exactly. languages these, these practices you survived know? with language changes they survived yeah. with death they survived with plague they survived with disease they survived guys do you know how many bodies are at the I'm bottom of the Atlantic you. Ocean I'm telling you still alive <laughs> It's crazy. it's crazy like this <laughs> the, the things some of these things have survived are beyond anyone's imagination some of the secrets um, that well uh, as well, some, that also, and that also the secrets the power them. some of these people they died with secrets that you know <laughs> that you know that we won't we will ever mm. like we won't really know and i think that that's that's another thing that 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 um that fascinates me because i do like like africa africa in general has so many secrets and i just wonder like all these all the black people that died, um, you know, in the middle passage or that, that whatever, that road between, um, you know, that path between, you know, West Africa and, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And so, passage, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm thinking about all the secrets that were lost and all the secrets that are still at the bottom of, you know, at the bottom of the ocean. I think you know, of the bottom of the Atlantic hey, Ocean as the most, or well, one honestly, of the most magical places yeah. in the world. Um, it's because I, I, it, it, it both scares me, but at the same time, I think about like <laughs> those waters. Sometimes <laughs> those waters really hold. They 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 have homed so many souls, so many spirits, so much knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
it's probably the one place I was like, if I was cremated, I don't want to be thrown into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, just because I think I think my soul would just go through the most. Like, I, I feel like I would not even rest. Uh, because I'd whoa, be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? Like, what is happening? Um, you know, when you talk about secrets, Musa, mm-hmm. I was reading about vaccinations the other day and um, about how the first mm-hmm. vaccination actually ended up happening in the West. This is like when I say how, like, I hate when people say that, oh, uh, Africans were were not smart enough, they didn't even have writing systems, they didn't have this. I'm just like, the Mm -hmm. way the Western world has managed to corrupt our Mm -hmm. cognitive recognition of the world is, it's sort of really underrated because the person who actually taught a Western doctor Mm -hmm. to inoculate was was a slave. Look at that. And he was like... Look at that. This, and I think is this is not the first. If there's so many instances yeah. of African slaves teaching people, especially mm-hmm. like black women, for example, midwifery, right? There are records about cesarean sections being performed in East Africa, like from like eons ago, and not just in East Africa, even in the uh, in the mm-hmm. in the in the Muslim world, right? There were these complex and fascinating understandings of the human body and its relation to like sickness and medicine that the West had no grasp until maybe 2000 years later. Like for example, like Africans were already creating uh, communication scripts or interesting ways of communicating Mm -hmm. without actual like letters Mm -hmm. or actual scripts. And by the time Arabic reached North Africa, it's actually North Africans who taught the West mm-hmm. how to read. So we taught the West, you know. So we taught the West how to read. Indigenous folks here taught white we people. We taught the West how to, how to read, read how to bathe, how to build like, homes. The West colonial people knew how to do because we taught we taught them everything that matters. What did they bring? Scissors, Disease. mirror. Exactly. Which is what I'm saying, like white supremacy has really, yeah. really like almost hijacked yeah. collective memory collective cognition everything and just decided to be like the world started when white people finally conquered I mean, that's the what they world. used to teach i mean the fact that white folks had maps as empty white patches till they were able to go and get the wrong no, name listen. and the and make up mm-hmm. arbitrary borders before then it was just blank like they literally would just leave world maps blank they're like undiscovered territory <laughs> that what <laughs> It especially boggles my mind when people try to insinuate that, oh, Africans didn't really know how to, you know, when people just try to downplay their intellectualism, because I'm just trying to think, for example, my grandmother was a polyglot. I come from a household yeah. where all the women speak more than at least five languages, you know? And for me, that's fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, no, they be like that. They be like that. They, they, they don't, right now. like, and I think it's a, it's a common thing in... Like, in in african families i've met like it's like we don't just speak exactly i thought everyone i really thought everyone it's so was, natural I thought everyone was <laughs> yeah. multilingual till i was like till i was eight yeah. then i went to a school you know and people were like, like what? Speak oh. this one language. i was like what do you mean <laughs> what are you talking about do you know how smart you have to be to be able to like my grandmother mm. believes she understood nine languages my mother speaks five and I think she understands six or so because um, she can understand certain dialects of her mother tongue, yeah. right? But like, it's insane. 
you, like the different worlds that they can occupy mm-hmm. and move in. And you're trying to tell me that yeah. these people were our ancestors were not smart enough. We think that they couldn't really tell what our border was. You know, it's just that their relation to these different concepts wasn't focused purely on a transactional basis. Okay. They didn't see a lake and suddenly think of it as, oh my God, let's yeah. uh, extract everything for yeah. our own good. You know, they didn't see a tree and decide mm-hmm. let's cut it down mm-hmm. and burn it mm-hmm. or whatever. Or like, let's sell it to someone, you know. Yeah. They saw a tree, it's a tree. And it's, so okay. even like, back to the whole topic on African spirituality and connection, like it genuinely personally like of offends me to such a deep level because I know I think I told you both yeah. of this to have someone burn yeah. sage saying being like oh I'm cleansing this uh, energy I'm cleansing this space off your particular energy and I'm just thinking <laughs> girl do you have any idea what you're doing and I'm going to return this shit twice oh no 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 it's 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 so it's also funny when white folks they really rise, try to flip it's, flip it's, the, it's you know <laughs> flip it all on you like do you not know the kind of like i don't like do you, like i feel like that's such an insult i'm so sorry you had to go through that because that's absolutely horrible so what nothing not even for me though yeah. the thing is i don't burn sage but mm-hmm. the thing it wasn't insulting like just for me in my particular belief it is more so just like mm-hmm. uh, i'm not in a position to burn sage right i've never really considered sage i actually just prefer to burn incense over sage because i'm like one um i'm not particularly like uh trained or like taught by someone who's indigenous on how to burn it appropriately and how to actually acknowledge the the you know the practice and the people who've actually owned this this practice right um because you know you can be like oh i'm cleansing this space meanwhile you're actually inviting all the bad demons to come into this and Mm -hmm. my mom has told me never to do (laughs) shit like that you know, because yeah. it's just like, do not try things you do not understand. Okay. If you don't have intuition about it, do not play with things that you have yeah. no business playing with because you're going to pay dearly. It might not mm-hmm. be today or tomorrow, but you will pay. Right. And so, you know, to, because the thing is, it's not even offensive just for me. It's just, I'm just trying to think of all of the, of the, the legacy that her, that white woman as a descendant of colonizers is contributing towards mm-hmm. and to think that she can do it so nonchalantly um, i also just think it's because you can now they buy sage from another white person who says they are practicing spiritualist exactly. or whatever they say um it's like i i don't burn any sage here if i want to burn sage i burn african incense that i brought over yeah from home yeah. african sage like bebo, like a very mm-hmm. specific kind of leaf um but i i burn what is indigenous yeah. to my people and what yeah. i would offer if i was at home right and i also i can't just burn it with a lighter you have to use matches like there's all sorts of instructions to be honest that's 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 what i'm saying for burning it i don't understand why you're, you're i don't understand why you're <laughs> And sometimes I'm just like, how how people do this nonchalant yeah. is beyond me because you're right, Lillian. Like it's alarming because it's it the things they're inviting into their house are um yeah. Can you imagine being a colonizer and then now yeah. praying to people who are colonized? Saying, Oh God, like okay. No, but that's that's <laughs> the thing like that I I don't understand like I don't understand because um like I don't understand why she why she thought that you know she was gonna you know um you know 
do harmful things to you or cleanse whatever out of your house because I, I like also how is she, I don't know if it I was to if, if it was to be like a, if it was supposed to be like a threat or something I I I think I I find that laughable because you you have your own things at home like I would be like I would be flattered to think that somebody would want to challenge me on these things like I have my thing I have my own incense at home baby like I can I have my own mixtures I can all always put together and they just like you said Lily and like they'll come back twice twice three times as as you know as hard as you know as as whatever sage that you're 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 um you're burning and so I think that it's it's to me I think it would be I think I find that so I find that so offensive because you know it's like just like that's all what what everyone has already mentioned it's like once again why people are taking something that you know that they stole from indigenous people and they are um turning it into violence um so yeah yeah I appreciate those those points mm. um so um i mm. guess to end off you know the 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 episode i think I, there's there's two questions that i want to ask and i guess we can just pick which one we want to answer but um the first one is why does it sometimes feel like our souls are fighting battles that aren't our own and then this last question is why do you think your ancestors picked you to fight them Um, mm. I don't know if I can answer mm-hmm. the last question, so I answered mm-hmm. the one, the the former, um, just because I think um, ancestors, ancestors, and their choosing of us, it, it's a little bit hard, um, and it's a little mm. bit scary for me to reckon with. Um, so I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like to think about that, um, like in a good mm-hmm. way, but in an overwhelming way, still. Um, but to answer this, why do our souls sometimes feel like they're fighting battles which aren't ours? Because they are. Um, this is the thing with um, intergenerational trauma <laughs> um, we're fighting our demons and we're fighting demons we've inherited mm-hmm. um, we're fighting demons we've learned like there's, there is collective struggle there is individual struggle there is familial struggle and there is ancestral mm-hmm. struggle all of this runs through our veins. So sometimes I feel like as Black folks, we need to remind ourselves that I have ancient histories that run through my veins. Like, so so as much as you are mm. feeling weighed down and you're wondering, like, why do I feel so bad when, one, when, when a Black person dies in a foreign country? Like, you might wonder, why am I, why am I so invested in this? Or mm. why am I so invested in this? It's because, yeah. like, there is a connection mm-hmm. um, to that, like yeah collective grief um Mm -hmm. and collective memory that like a Mm -hmm. complete erasal of that um like i just don't think our bodies would be capable of doing that because you might in yourself um attempt to forget all traumas by numbing yourself or doing some sort of thing um but your body will remember and it's crazy like you really see how bodies function through trauma because of how bodies respond and sometimes i think about how white doctors don't have the answers for these things but like in my culture it's like it's pretty known that if a mother loses their child sometimes they won't like get a period for the nine months that they would have carried their child after they bury them like and this is just something that's kind of like accepted like it happens to people and i'm like well 
they would just say, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. You're not. <laughs> like, like, you're not pregnant. You, your body is going through a process yeah. um, of healing itself. Um, and then sometimes it's also just, um, you can just see it in different parts of the world, how we're all kind of carrying and fighting battles that aren't ours. Because how is it that our generation, however many years on, if you really get to the essence of what we're fighting for, it's the same thing my great grandma was fighting for, the same yeah. thing her grandma was fighting for, really. Um, and even if you want to name it different things, for some people, um, freedom is the term that a lot of people like. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Liberation has been a really good one. Um, I'm I'm really liking healing particularly, but I think that is a problematic term as well. Um Whatever we, whatever name we put to it, um, there is a struggle that um, we've been facing as Black folks, yeah, for a long time, um, especially with the violence of colonialism. Um, and I, I don't ascribe, I don't believe that before colonialism, everything was hunky dory, just because of humanity being shitty. Um, so I don't think things are amazing for us. Um, but I think now even having to contend with whatever history we had of violence amongst ourselves and whatever history was then, whatever violence was then inflicted onto us involuntarily mm-hmm. um, and whatever violence what our land has had to endure, which once your land suffers, yeah. there's no way mm-hmm. that people don't suffer. I, I don't understand. People are just like, why can't hey. Haiti just be better? Have you seen nah. what slavery did to nah. Haiti's land? Like, how can anything grow in that land? Nothing. Do you like? I'm. I'm like. Sometimes I'm like. People are just inc- like. They're thinking in a way that is so small. Haiti. Yeah. Like they think. Wait, where did you say? Haiti. Um, I think because a lot of people are just like, just, you know, and I'm like, no, oh. like physically the land mm-hmm. has been so damaged by slavery and its practices that literally nothing can grow in a good portion of the country. So you can't just say. Like, why isn't it better? Like, you can't just say that when um, things mm-hmm. there's so there's been so much destruction, and that's that can really be said with a lot of African countries. Um, and our land is still kind of really going through the most. And as land continues to go through a lot, we will as well. Um, and so I think it's also for me, it's been like mm-hmm. lo- like being connected to land back struggles here has also reinvigorated my sense of like. Um, not sense but my understanding of land and its ownership and its connection to um to people and to real like families and lineages um versus to government and deed and I was just thinking like how little land my family has like very very little like most black families and I was thinking about like Afrikaans families who will casually just have a big farm and that's just like the norm. Like your granddad had a farm, my granddad has a farm. Like everyone just has a farm. And then in other African places, people are like, yeah, everyone has land. Like people from West Africa will talk about having land like it's nothing, guys. Ask a Southern African, do they have land? Yeah. Like, mm. it's, it's, it's like the, the experiences we are, we're enduring are so different, but we are. Like our souls are fighting battles that aren't ours um, yeah. um, because it's what we've always done as black folks um and i think it's just it's it's what has to do for humanity it's what has happened yeah. for humanity to continue right part of it we control yeah. part of it we really don't that's really kind of looping all back to the conversation we had in part one but like 
in this thing we're all a part of there's so much going on um and we might be insignificant to an extent and it's that's also something we should remind ourselves when we're thinking of like why am i fighting Mm -hmm. this battle it doesn't feel like mine because maybe in order to get to the battles you need to fight you need to fight this battle that your ancestor really needs done you really you need to clean you need to cleanse this or you need to sacrifice that to open up avenues for your family or for your lineage or for the future generations um and it might not feel like you're a fight but it's it may be the it just may be the fight that yeah. is I think needed that that's in your why family that, for that's healing. why personally i think to answer the very last question is um i think the reason why my answer i think one of the reasons it might not be like the main one but i think one of the reasons why i was picked um is because i think they saw something in me that they may have not necessarily seen in them or some kind of power that they saw in me that they necessarily didn't see in them. Because I'd like to think that there's, um, there was, they, they, there was some kind of hope um, that, you know, I would, I would be the one to, you know, to, to, to break a lot of the curses. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of that's 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 what we experience within Black families here in this life is that a lot of a lot of Black families will have children and, and have big hopes for them, big hopes to for them to to do better than them. And so I think that that I think also ancestors kind of they also have that hope that you know will be the ones to 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 break some of those curses. And and I think they probably saw some kind of power, some kind of strength in me that you know that could potentially do that so yeah Lillian (laughs) Mm. yeah for me it's damn I've always had this huge battle with uh, suicide and suicidal ideation but in many ways I had that Mm that epiphany moment that Christians <laughs> talk so much about. Saved. Amen. Hallelujah. And <laughs> Hallelujah. I saw the light. And it really doesn't come in ways you expect it because I saw it more yeah. as um, it's like this flash of, of, of what my destiny mm-hmm. is. And it's like I was shown yeah. it maybe like once or twice. And each time it was more like a flash and yeah. if I did not hold on to that particular thing I would forget about it and I would never be shown that thing again but I chose to actually yeah. hold on to I don't really remember what exactly I saw but <clears throat> I know how the experience felt like and so that's what I sometimes especially in moments when I do feel inadequate or I feel like I'm not progressing or moments where I feel like I'm you know an imposter that I don't deserve certain things I have to remind myself that um when I look at the trajectory of my life, there are certain things mm-hmm. that just it really could have like, <laughs> could have really could have guys. It could have really could have. Yeah. But it's like but it's yeah, yeah and even the moment no, that that's such like an important it did go left, it's like it still found its way realize. back to yeah. the path it was supposed to. Yeah. Because like being where I am right now and knowing Mm -hmm. my family's history knowing the things that i have managed to accomplish Mm. in my family it feels like i was given a huge Mm -hmm. responsibility um so in many ways it's it's like hey too it's like you i was given these certain blessings to 
to do with them. But at the same time, it's like the challenges that I have are a constant reminder of this so-called burden slash responsibility, you know? Um, and even, mm-hmm. it's so funny because when I asked my mom who I was named after, because typically my naming convention, um, so what happens a lot, it also happens in yeah. West Africa, is you're given like, you know, a Christian name yeah. and then you're given like your traditional name. Um, and your traditional yeah. name is, at least in my culture, it's um, typically based on like time of day. Mm-hmm. So I was born on a rainy morning. My name is not supposed to be a Tiano, it's supposed to be a Kini. But um, I was named after two women who, mm-hmm. in our family, so my one of them is my great aunt, the other one is my aunt, I think my mom's aunt or something. Um, and they're both known for being like these amazing women. My mom hasn't told me anything about their death because no one really understands or knows. It'd <laughs> Which be like that. It'd be like that. It's African families. It'd be like that. It'd, it'd be like that. But um, mm. yeah, but the thing is, it, it wasn't my mom who named me. It was my grandparents who named me. Right? Um, and because when my, mom talk, when my mom talks about the evil was named after, the first thing she says is mm-hmm. they meant this much to my yeah. great-grandmother or my family members and also because they were known for these particular qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so my second name, Atieno, mm-hmm. she was actually an advocate, right? And she was known for, you know, like being extremely smart and being, you know, she was all about justice. And there's some aspects that mm-hmm. when I hear about them, I also feel like I inherited those traits, even though I never really got to know them. And so that's how I kind of carried them with me in my name. But yeah. it also means that I have to live up to that legacy, yeah. the impact that they had on our family to the extent where they were like, um... you died too soon, you need to come back. And this young baby girl, mm-hmm. you know, and to imagine what could these women have accomplished if they hadn't died too soon. And so now it's like, I have to live up to those two women I was named after, as well as mm. hold all the love and all the pain. Yeah. That also, no one, no one will say um, in African families. Like, no one wants to say, like, oh, yeah, we named you after this person because this, 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 this. Or, like, oh, we don't have any, like, yeah. hopes that you will be, like, this person or achieve what they couldn't. But you can kind of tell how it's carried and my mom was like you Lillian like she was Mm -hmm. given someone's name and for her even in her like journey and her doing rituals now Mm -hmm. that have made her relationship with her name a much better one and a much um, more pleasant one because of that experience of feeling Mm -hmm. of carrying that so boldly other people's legacies or the expect or their expectations my mom hated her name for many years um, and she was very adamant to not name mm-hmm. her kids after anyone. And so everyone is just sometimes like, oh, like, you guys have nice names, or your brother and you have, like, like, random names. Why is your brother's name this random name? And, and my mom's just like, oh, because in that time of my life, I was doing this, yeah. and I like this, and that's why my child is named that. Um, versus, like, this is my great aunt, this is my aunt. And that was a story for both her names. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it's named after this person and this person. And she always kind of... Um, felt their presence in a way that felt like people are prying yeah. into you mm-hmm. to be someone they need you to be for them um, and then having to like exactly. reconnect with the people whose names you have and say this is mm-hmm. this is who I am this is how I carry your name 
and like in that process I hope you are forgiving yeah. and I hope you are proud mm. like either way I find naming to be very interesting in the sense that it's a way yeah. in which um, our parents yeah. and our families anchor our souls to this world um, which is why yeah. it's like um, in some cultures you know they put the evil eye or they don't yeah. name a child until after eight days i think i think i wasn't like, i think you know there are some spirits that are known yeah. to, uh, my my parents born, didn't reveal my name until the eighth um, day i'm pretty sure i did yeah 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 i think it happens yeah. in some cultures yeah and so they yeah. put like the evil eye to protect you and then it's yeah. like when they when they realize like you're here to stay that's when they give you a name so like they actually anchor you into this world and um What's, what makes it so important on giving yeah. a child their own name is because, like, yeah. you can, for example, have a name. Like, Lillian is such a common name, right? But there's a reason. I wasn't given Lillian because that is the name they wanted for me, but it's because there was a specific intention. There was an image of the person. There was a feeling that was involved. It's literally like I was infused with the qualities of a Lillian or of the previous mm-hmm. Lillian, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't you mean are. that I'm not my own person. Anyway, of course I am. But it's more, but it's more so just like the, yeah. like the legacy and the attributes that I was, that I was told that, that I was given as an inheritance, so to speak. And I think that in itself is, um, is a little bit terrifying and saddening, but it's also very comforting mm-hmm. because um, I do have that sense yeah. of, of purpose. And to be honest, my destiny was revealed to me as just to live, like to be free. Yeah. And literally it's to make it the way I want to, because I come from okay. a family where women never really had yeah. a choice about anything. So I'm like, I am going to be free in the best way that I possibly can mm-hmm. in all manner of ways, emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, you know, in all of those ways. And there's, obviously it's tough, right? But... Mm-hmm. it's also very comforting yeah. and very fulfilling to know right. that there are people who um, want me to be if that's them. if that's where we want to end it off then i'm i'm glad to just um end the conversation here um but yeah i'd really like to thank you two for joining me on you know on this on these two discussions we really made two parts of this i'm gonna have to post <laughs> <laughs> two different episodes but you know that's it just means that we really had great <laughs> a great conversation um so thank you so much um for joining <laughs>